Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. After what was quite simply a very, very silly, no good, very bad, no good, very bad cash in last week, which I think we're all agreed was a bad idea no and good, a very, very, bad. very, very dumb thing to do. Mm. And it made him look very, very foolish and logically does not make any sense. Mm. They did claw it back this week. And they done well. With what I think was an excellent Excellent Austin Theory performance. Uh, a great sell job by Ziggler. A great sell job by Seth Rollins. And a great character reset. And for crucially, a great interview by Kathy Kelly. Welcome to the <laughs> podcast here on the Wrestle Talk podcast channel. Please, if you're new here, press the subscribe button. Welcome to the family. Uh, give us a little thumbs up because that massively helps us out in algorithms and whatnot. Look, give it, press it right now. It, it costs you nothing. Press the button right now. I see now. you pressing. Uh, and get in your ultra chats, letting you get in your thoughts to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out all of them above the five US dollars. And if you're in the process of clicking links, why not click the link in the video description down below and get yourself the WrestleTalk Parts Fun Known VPN of choice, Surfshark VPN. They are sponsoring today's episode and you can get yourself, if I said 10%, mm. I said 20%. Well, what if I said 30%? Ooh. What if I said 40%? Now we're talking. What if I said 60%? Stop. What if I said 80%? Calm down. What if I said 83% off? You have a deal, my friend. And I'll even throw in three months extra for free. Come on now. Use the promo code WTPODCAST at checkout. Thank you so much to Surfshark for sponsoring this episode. We'll go into it in a little bit more detail later on in the episode. Right, Dan, let's talk about this episode of Raw. Yes. In particular, we're going to focus on uh, Mr. Theory. And what's interesting is normally when we do that, when we pick the segment that we're going to we're going to focus on this point, I'll skip in my notes to the bit of the show. But this was kind of littered throughout most of the second and third hour. So there's no 
bit. There's no bit. It's a lot, it's which a, is interesting. And it actually kind of, in a way, opened with the opening segment with mm. Rollins. Yeah. Rollins essentially saying, you know, hey, look, what Austin Theory did last week was really stupid. That was stupid. That was stupid. And the crowd chanted at him, that was stupid. And he's like, dude, I know. You should tell him later on when you see him. Which I thought was a really fun, transgressive bit of, uh, of, of fan interaction because they're chanting that was stupid in in logic, in canon, at Austin Theory. But they're also chanting it at the show. Like, yeah. it very much felt like they were like, holy trips, that was stupid. Like, like if, if there was another episode after the Game of Thrones finale, yeah. and the audience member there were going, that, that was, was stupid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it, 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 so I, I really enjoyed that, and I, lo- I loved that Rollins sort of let it play out, and, and uh, I think it set the tone for what was a very hot crowd uh, oh, yeah. all night in the KFC Yum Center. I could not stop thinking about the fact that this center was called the KFC Yum Center. I know why it was called that. Look, Dan, Dan, I know, I know you're, you're new around here, and I know you you got your your big boy pants on because <laughs> you're on the WrestleTalk podcast channel. Now. You're in you're with the big leagues now, but you can't just come in here and make stuff up. That's you not- can't just come on to this show. You can't go to my show and just make stuff up. I this know. place is not called the KFC Yum Center. It 100% is and i had to google it because kfc are owned by a company called yum <laughs> stan stop making yum stuff exclamation up. point look at the adjective yum <laughs> kfc yum yum KFC. come get you some <laughs> that's exactly what it is also it was from the royal rumble 2000 it wasn't during the invasion i said the invasion last week <gasps> i said on two different videos and then i was driving in my car like three days later and i was like no you idiot it was oh, during no. the rumble build against the outlaws i i fully just accepted it and moved on so you could have got away with that well i thought i had for oh, well, a while until my own brain told me like, that i was wrong i could have had a v8 so the kfc yum yum come uh, get you some was it was, was in full in full voice chanting oh, that was stupid well yeah and that is stupid mm. and, and, and in in the lead up to the show how, what were you thinking what would what were you thinking was gonna happen i that's the thing is i didn't really know because last week it, it's it's funny so we put this title up on the the podcast you know mm. being like uh austin theory snaps yeah it was an awesome character reset yeah. and one of the first few comments that we got from people who came early into the stream was just like you see and this is why wrestling fans are fickle they couldn't even wait a week mm. to see how the story played out let it play out mm. and all this that and the other and i from one standpoint get that position of because last week we were saying that that was exceptionally dumb. Yes. And it made a character look very, very bad. And logically, it made zero sense. Yeah. And then this week, we've been like, oh, but what an awesome thing that it has led to. Mm. Both of those things can be true. That part. Very that part. Both of those things. Last week was, without question, so stupid. Completely. And I think it's the very nature of wrestling and especially because we are we are watching the longest running weekly episodic show on network television or whatever it, it is but because it it rolls on and because we are so invested in so much there's so much content la 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 we sort of just we move you yeah. know what i wrote down at the end of the show so when the when it had finished gone off the air and i was watching whatever bt sport had to offer at 405 in the morning what i wrote down was last week's cash in was so so dumb this week does not make that booking choice any less dumb. It is so dumb. But but it does make me willing to just sort of leave it in the rearview mirror 
and move on from here. It has led to a good character growth. It has. And and was this part of Triple H's plan? Possibly. Was this part of the uh, agenda? Possibly. There are, this is a scripted entertainment show. This is something that uh, Sean Rossap was saying, and I completely agree. This is a scripted entertainment program. You had eight months that this contract was valid. You could have done anything. Could have done anything you, you wanted. Anything you wanted. To, because what needed to happen, and we spoke about this last week, was you needed to get that briefcase off him because it was an albatross. Vince McMahon's hand-picked, cherry-picked project. It was, it was not serving him right. You needed to get it off him so he could have a reset. I think a lot of us, myself included, thought that the reset would take a little while. But it's immediate. Immediate, you know? yeah. You could have done anything to get this reset. You didn't have to make that choice. That choice was objectively dumb dumb. And when it... it KFC in, dumb. In, KFC dumb. <laughs> uh, dumb dumb, come get you dumb. <laughs> in the opening segment as well, when Rollins was like, yeah, that was stupid. Mm. I was like, oh no. Mm. Like, this is going to be a very bad time for, for Mr. Theory. Here. Burial. I was like, in I, full I, burial mode. I really mode. did feel like yeah. that. That was safe for Ali instead. Um, I, I don't buy that either. I just thought it would be a yeah. joke. He then did an interview later on with Kathy Kelly. Dream. And... Uh, he was talking about how people wanted to see him fail. Mm. Ever since he won Money in the Bank, people wanted to see him fail. Mm. Why didn't I cash in on Roman? Well, Roman's never really here. Yep. So it's hard for me to cash in on Roman. And you know what? When Roman is here, the bloodline are always surrounding him. Mm -hmm. And I tried to cash in on Roman. I tried at Clash of the Castle. I tried at SummerSlam, Brock Lesnar stopped me. Mm -hmm. Tried at Clash of the Castle, Tyson Fury stopped me. And if they weren't there, the bloodline would have stopped me. Mm. So I did what I thought was the right thing to do. And I cashed in on who I think is the greatest champion at the moment, Seth Rollins. Mm. All of this, I thought, was a really good way of WWE trying to make it make sense. And it almost, it almost works. That's the, that's, that's the crucial sentence. Almost is there. Like, it almost works. I like that they at least went to the length to try and give him a reason as to why he did it on Seth. Mm. And also, like, he was echoing a lot of what we were saying on the podcast last week. It was an anchor around my neck. Mm. It was holding me back. I could not progress with my career while I had this thing. Mm. And re as I said in my edited review, it only falls down because he did it on a night when Seth had two open challenges. Yeah. And then on this very episode, his explanation is, well, I wasn't, I didn't see another way. Yeah. When Seth Rollins is in the main event defending that championship. Mm. It's it's a great attempt at a retcon. I think great the, attempt. The thing that you said there that it almost worked is because I hear you say that logic. I hear you refract what he had to say. And I and I I feel myself as an earnest fan starting to buy it. But it doesn't quite hit the mark because exactly as you say, the choice of when to do the cash-in was so stupid, combined with like internally it was so stupid logically it was so stupid within the characters but also combined with the fact that you run the show you own the show you write the show you can write anything and yeah. this was what you did so that it really really when we break it down not to get too hyperbolic and not to go overboard this was a snap this was a moment where he became vicious he he went off the deep end and started to go i i've I, and essentially the reset is i'm stopping being this arrogant heel and I'm going to be this vicious, yeah. sort of snippy young upstart. So for me, I think the snap comes after the after the zigzag. Right. For me, that's that's the moment. Like I think yeah. we are is on a descent because he doesn't come out taking the selfies. Mm. But during that match, when that second zigzag, when that zigzag hits and he gets that second big near fall, yeah, that for me is the moment when Austin Theory is like, I'm done. So we can still get there if he 
at Clash, maybe, or at Survivor Series, maybe, cashes in after war games and then uh and the bloodline do overcome him even after a war games match like you know if your argument is seth is always not seth sorry roman is always surrounded by the bloodline we'll use that in the storyline to make the cash in go wrong when tyson very bashed him one that could be a way to you know he doesn't have to you can get that briefcase off him in a myriad of different ways nothing about how good this turn was or how good this explanation was as an attempt really undoes how dumb the choice was no, last week. Exactly. That's so that's why it's not fickle. It's not it's 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 giving praise where praise is due and calling out nonsense where nonsense is rife. I, I thought Sean's idea that he said on the Fightful post show last week was great. Which I is like if you, it was like if you've got a problem with the bloodline, then you amass your own group. Yeah, you of make baddies. your own little group. Yeah. But it's not like you start a faction. It is you hire baddies to be like, when I win the title, you get a first title shot. And yeah. then you'll get a title shot. Yeah. Because then when he, he didn't have to follow that through. Does, that's another story. Exactly. Yeah. That's a storyline. And if he fails, then he's got a load of people he needs to answer to. And that then starts storylines for other people. Mm. And he's like, and that's a way to splinter off this thing as to whether I enter other avenues. But what happened here, and I I thought the promo was really good, and I thought the effort here was really, really good to try and make it make sense. And then Dolph Ziggler walks up, yeah. and Dolph Ziggler's like, that was the worst cash-in I've ever seen. And that's kind of a theme they're going with, because the commentator said this as well. It's going to, They're putting it down to the worst, worst. cash-in in, in history. And Dolph walks up to him and is like, I know a thing or two about being a money in the bank and cashing in, and we're going to go and have a match now. And I was like, no, we just did this in August. The exact same setup for this as well, which is I know a thing or two about cash-ins, so I think you and I should have a match. Mm. And I was like, oh, we are going so far backward with Austin Theory here. This is a huge, huge step backwards. This is really bad. Yeah. And then they had a, re a really good match. Really good. And the crowd, who weren't into a lot of wrestling on this show. And there was a lot of good wrestling. A lot of really good. They were really into this. Yeah. Really, really into this. Particularly when... Um, Oh, actually, yeah, I didn't get this in my thing, but they called it the worst cash-in in history. I think Braun holds that accolade. Right. Braun has the worst cash-in in history because no one knew it was a cash-in. Yeah. So I, I, I remember think, that. I think well. he's the worst That's one. why. Um, and Dolph hits the Famouser and gets a near fall. Mm. And there's a crowd go like, epic for the near fall as well. And then he hits the zigzag after a bunch of other moves and gets the second near fall. And you're like, oh, man. And that, for me, is the moment when Austin Theory is like, I've just lost money in the bank. I'm being called the worst cash in mm. history. And I'm now about to be beaten by Dolph Ziggler. Mm. And so he, Austin Theory hits his finish. He hits the A-Town down and he stands over Ziggler. And I thought Corey was doing a great job on the commentary. Being like, like, well, cover cover him. him. Cover yeah. him. Go for the pin. Yeah. You've got the match won. And he stares down him viciously like with this anger and frustration in his eyes. Picks him up and hits the finish again. And this is where it feels a little bit like you remember how it was like it was built that he was young and a bit foolish and not quite, you know, not going for the cover when he should go for the cover. Felt like an extension of that. But then And then he can he hits the doesn't go for the pin, just goes down and starts wailing on mm, Dolph Ziggler, mm. kicking him, punching him. The referee pulls him off. Ziggler rolls to the outside because Ziggler's like, Oh, I need to get out of this situation. Mm. Theory follows after him, throws him into the steps, throws him around, throws him across the table, throws him into the timekeeper's area, and then just starts pelting him with chairs. Which picks up one of Kevin he picks up Kevin's like comfy yeah. chair and throws that at him. It just loses it. Referee calls for the DQ and Theory snaps. Mm. And it's just, it's this 
awesome. I thought Theory was great yeah. in this segment. I thought Ziggler's selling of the segment yeah. was great. I thought the referee was great. And the commentary did a fabulous yeah. job in putting this over. The crowd also oh, were playing their part. So good. Whether or not that was enhanced or not, I don't know. But they were really, really vibing with it. It was a, They were really, really going for it. The heat was there. And what and that that was stupid that had felt like trolling at the start of the night and then began the match with that as well. Yeah, exactly. The crowd the turning end, at him as he's wrestling. That was stupid. Yeah. By the end, it felt like they were fully buying it. And it's like, you know... And that's that's the magic. That's that's when it, you know you've hit it. And do you know what? Next week, crowd won't be chanting that was stupid. Adam. Nope. Because he's, he's done then now. walking off, mouthing to the camera. Like, or not even to the camera, mouthing to himself. I'm Austin Theory. Yeah. I'm yeah. Austin No theory. one's on my level. No one's good at me. You know? And it's that kind of like continued intensity. That's all I'm asking for at any point. When we to, when when I when I criticize like people being booked like goobers and being silly and mm. being a bit geeky or dweeby or whatever. And it's like, not everyone has to be the same cookie cutter character. Doesn't matter. You can be silly. You can be joking. Mm. I just need some intensity from you. Yeah. And he was giving us intensity bucket loads, and it really sold it. I think he did an incredible job. And then in the main event, it was Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins mm-hmm. for the US Championship. We'll cover the match now. It was a very good match, and Seth was in like full babyface yeah. mode, doing yeah. all and, of and his I, big babyface. I loved as well that he was still pretty much the same character as he was. Hasn't changed, babyface, which but is he's just wrestling babyface matches. Because when Seth has been a babyface, often I have found him to just become incredibly bland. Um, so allowing him to still be the same kind of character. We don't want the 2019 run that's again. What that's what I think. That's the one I'm referencing in particular. Yeah. Um, where they just made him Becky Lynch's boyfriend. Like it was, it was Awful. not not fun. Um, and the 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 Seth Rican Rollins drip drip character has been so much fun, and that's the reason people have bought it. That's the reason people chant his theme. So imagine taking that away. So I'm glad that they haven't done that. Yeah. And I actually thought the whole if if we're doing that we're doing the match now. Mm. I actually thought the whole setup for this match. Announcing it beforehand, um, feeding it right the way through the show, opening with that uh, that opening uh, promo from Rollins, right the way through to, you know, Finn being in the ring, um, and then announcing it felt big time. Yeah, they really, really did. booked it big time. Yeah, uh, and there was a big schmoz at the end because Judgment Day ran down to cause a distraction. Yeah. The OC ran down and and brawled with them. Yeah. Um, spoilers: that's not a Survivor Series match. Nope. We'll get to that in a bit, and. Balor is, he, he hits the, the shotgun drop kick and he's about to hit the coup de grace. So Balor's like set up to, to possibly win the match mm-hmm. here. And AJ Styles pushes him off the top rope. He collapses to the floor. Seth hits the stomp and gets the win. And you're like, wow, that was a big chaotic ending to the show. Yeah. Really furthers this view between the, uh, the Judgment Day and um, the OC. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Yeah. And then from out of nowhere, Austin Theory blindsides Seth Rollins, mm. attacks him, and he's got this look in his eyes that is just manic. Mm. And he hits his finish on Seth Rollins, throws him to the outside, beats him once more, throws him back in, hits the finish again, and then just picks up the title belt. Doesn't pose with the title belt. He just waffles Seth Rollins yeah. with the title belt. Yeah. It was so so great really effective Love really it. effective and i just think that um you know i mean we could have seen that interference coming a mile off from the 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 judgment day and i could have done without aj getting interfering directly uh but i'm not mad about it like mm-hmm. it's it's whatever um and it was like you say it was so fun seeing this brawl and seeing like a high a high octane like oh my god they're rolling all over the arena like i thought the the carl anderson being launched across the table was yeah. so much fun seeing mia and Rhea go at it was so much fun and so i was in this really like jovial like ah fun end of the show mood and i'd really enjoyed the show overall and then austin theory comes in and i was like oh yeah go on 
way to put the polish on the show. Yeah. Really, really enjoyed it. And and yeah, and, and it and it 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 I, I can't stress enough, it doesn't undo anything. But it really has they've done a really good job of pressing the reset button. It's it's funny, so for obvious reasons, they do get a lot of crap, and I, and I, I appreciate a lot of this. Ringside News has had a report on this last week mm. that you know a member of Creative told them told Steve, told Steve Carrier that like this has been done for a reason. This is not the end for Austin Theory. If anything, mm. we've now put him into a feud with Seth Rollins, and mm. he's now going to be in the US title picture, and he doesn't have this anchor around his neck anymore. And the only reason I bring up the Ringside News is because that is effectively what Mohammed. Theory then said. In his promo about yeah. the anchor and everything like that. Also, should have mentioned earlier, the uh, the beatdown segment with uh, Theory and Dolph Ziggler featured Petey Williams. So it is a five out of five show. Because <laughs> I got my Petey Williams spotting of the week. I thought this was a great and much needed character reset for, yeah. for Austin Theory. Because the whole selfie shtick, the whole... I'm the youngest United States champion. I'm the youngest Mr. Money in the Bank. Mm. Everyone just wants to be me. Was quite tired and it was getting quite stale it and, it, and, it made, and it made him feel very mid-card it smacks of an octogenarian booking a, a, a 20 year old yeah that's exactly it you know it smacked of uh, of someone being exactly like it. i pick it this is what this is what a smarmy young heel would be like yeah and it's, and exactly. it's like no and 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 you know it's it's booking is hard there, there's so many layers there's so many levers it's a oh, difficult thing to do you know no, no one in wrestling is going to have a completely clean run like it's 2000 is considered to be uh, some, uh, one of WWE's peaks. You go back and watch 2000, there are some real peaks in there. There are also some troughs in there. Like it's, it's you know, it's, it's never going to be plain sailing. Um, but Austin Theory had been stale, boring, made worse by getting the money in the bank, made worse by being the handpicked person. And we don't want to see that as fans because we're sick of, we always are sick of the handpicked person. Roman was one of them. Rock was one of them. Cena was like, you know, um, this is still day this i'm considering this day one for new austin theory yeah still a million ways it could go uh but this was really promising and the thing that i've really liked about this the, the theory turn here or not turn but like the, this character reset for him is when uh, in the week since austin theory failed his cash in last week a lot of people were resharing that Kevin Owens promo from Raw, where Owens laid into him, being like, "You've got to stop thinking about these moments mm -hmm. and start making something for yourself." And you can tie back a lot of what happened to him here to that promo, mm. and that can set some stuff up for Austin Theory down the line. So when Kevin Owens gets back, yeah. So I thought there was some like there's some really good stuff out of this, and it has created like you know a fresh new U.S. title scene. Yeah. Rollins and with Bobby Lashley, who also said he wants to go for the title. You could have done that last week, you big moron. <laughs> you um, did, and then didn't. And then didn't. And now you're saying it's someone else's yeah. fault. Um, Ali and Austin Theory. Mm. And, you know, off the back of that, you know, Elias was sort of being set up in it a couple of weeks mm -hmm. back, but that seems to have fallen by the wayside. Is it another one of these WWE returns that I don't yeah. think is amounting to a whole great deal. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, for me, this is a huge, huge thumbs up and a much needed thumbs up for Austin mm. Theory. Agreed. Agreed. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. 
So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, well, let's get into what you thought of the Austin Theory uh, moment, the Austin Theory character change. Get your thoughts into restalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out all of them above the five US dollars. And kicking things off is Dean, who says, Survivor Series, United States Championship match, fatal four-way. Seth versus Bobby versus Ali versus Theory. Seth wins. Theory snaps and attacks everyone. Chairs on Bobby. Seth may be uh, able to run away. And the violence will consume Theory. And he joins Bray Wyatt. I don't... I was with you until then. Yeah. I really was with you until then. I think that's that's just a little bit out of nowhere. The last thing Theory needs right now is to be with someone else. That's it, yeah. He needs yeah. to be on his own, 100%. You know, I'm, in the, I'm in for the idea of a fatal four-way. Uh, I, I would hope Seth continues to win. I like the idea of them getting a hit of Theory going a bit brutal. I mean... There's no reason that he would run away because in Fatal Four Way there are no disqualifications. So I think I think what they mean by the the runaway is when Theory is losing it and like laying right, it out with right, chairs right, right. Oh, oh so Seth win. Yeah, yeah. That way, and yeah. I don't want to see Seth run away from that either. I think if any, now that Seth is full on babyface, Seth will just get laid out with the rest yeah. of them. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Charles Berg said, "What's neat is that this change is a minor tweak. He was a petulant child that always got his way. Now he just doesn't get his way. Here's a joke. What's the difference between a goldfish and a mountain goat? A goldfish doesn't muck around the fountain." Goldfish likes to, to muck, muck around, around the fountain. fountain. I don't get it. What's the difference between a goldfish and a mountain and goat? goat? A goldfish likes to muck around the fountain. A mountain goat doesn't like to... I don't get it. I think if you me- if you change up M and F on fountain and muck... Uh, okay. 
That I, I that one has required a level of uh, of, of grammatical uh, yeah. engagement, and I wasn't here for it. And I, I think those are always the best kind of jokes. <laughs> it's a sleeper. It's a real it's sleeper. A, it's what they call in the industry a homer. It's on, on the drive home. Oh, you right. Okay, go like, yeah. oh, right. Oh, yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I get it um, but the, the earlier point, you know, about it being a minor tweak is, is a really salient one. It is. Absolutely. And I think that these are the things. It's often when something is really working for you, only a couple of little tiny things need to be tweaked along the way and makes it even better. Yeah. Um, and this was this was true. Half of the problems facing WWE, I feel, from a production standpoint, right the way through to a storyline standpoint, are so minor, you know, tiny things that need to be changed. So it's pleasing, pleasing to see that they can do it. And actually, you know, talking about character changes or even just minor tweaks, you mentioned Seth. Yeah. Nothing about him yeah. has changed other than he now wrestles as a baby face yeah. in his matches. Yeah. I just... His character is exactly the same. Yeah, really strong. Uh, and Kevin, for now, says, really sad for Kevin Owens. I hope mm. he'll be back soon. I like this show way better than last week. Theory snapping might be the first time someone who's failed a cash-in actually cares about it. So that is promising. I think Becky will come back to join Team EST. Interesting shout on that. That is an interesting shout. Well, we'll come on to that uh, a little bit later on in the episode but yeah you're absolutely right as well about him caring that he fails mm. or like him failing has really affected his character mm. yeah, that's a really really good point and and uh yeah ko uh the reports came out that he had a a, a knee injury yeah. uh over the weekend which is devastating because there was a there was a thought that maybe he could be part of the survivor series match. i thought it was gonna be uh and you know that's a real shame for him but as you as you rightly pointed out, there are strands for him to come back, and obviously Triple H is a big fan of, of of his as well. So if we can build theory up in the meantime, the second that KO music, thinking of what, when do we think of War Games, KO's music hitting yeah. is always such a you know dreamy moment. When they did it in NXT, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. so great. Yeah. Uh, also, big shout out to our moderator as well, who just wrote under Charles's uh, post there. I was stuck on that joke for ages, so thank you. Yeah, yeah. But maybe workshop it. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Just, just a thought. We love you, Charles. Um, we want to give a big thank you. Do you know who else we love? Uh, our sponsor um, for today's episode. Very well segued. Surfshark VPN. Please click the link in the video description down below and you can get yourself 83% off. Mind you, Mike stand there. And three months extra for free when you use our promo code WTPODCAST. Uh, thank you so much to Surfshack for sponsoring them. We use it here in the Rustalk office. It's how I get hold of HBO Max here in the UK because oh, yeah. I, since HBO Max has come out, they don't release a lot of the, the Warner Brothers stuff now onto other streaming platforms. So I've had to go and get HBO Max, haven't I? But it's fine because Surfshack has allowed me to do that. And to our American viewers and our podcast listeners, it's especially good for you because I have been told by a little birdie, no less. The peacock sucks. Uh, the, it, was it a peacock that told you It that? was a peacock that told me that. The peacock sucks. Oh, wow. Peacock is just not as good as the old WWE the network. Do you know who still has the old, the old WWE network? Us right here in the we United do. Kingdom. We've still got it. I was watching Survivor Series 2003 because we're reviewing oh. it for WrestleTalk Extra through the old uh, WWE Network and it's wonderful and I love it so. And you can get that using Surfshark VPN while you're in America so you don't have Indeed. to use um, you don't have to use Peacock. No. You can use the great old the good WWE old, Network. Good old WWE Network. The old WWE Network. So click the link in the video description down below and use that promo code WTPODCAST. Big thank you to Surfshark Way. for sponsoring today's episode.
Uh, right, okay, let's go through the rest of this show. Yeah. We had uh, the Seth Rollins thing. Love that this show opened with Seth, yeah. closed with Seth. He is the face of this brand. But crucially, it's also about Seth talking about theory. The end of the show is theory laying him out. And if I may briefly. Please. The suit, drip. Yeah. The yep. glasses, drip. He looked great. Could do with a hair mask. But for the rest of it, great. When you bleach your hair, it goes very dry. When you've got as much hair as Seth, it's very, very dry. So just, just a little hair. Just, just a... Just a point. Just a nitpick. Just a nitpick, perhaps. Well, we, I mean, we can talk about high fashion later on in the Miz segment. Uh, yes, we absolutely can. Oh, yes, you better can. believe I wrote it down. Oh, Dan. I talked about it in my edited review. I was, I was like, oh, me and Dan will have some things to say oh, about we do. this. Yeah. So out comes Bobby Lashley. Bubbles. And Bobbles says, you know what happened last week to Austin Theory will keep happening if I don't get a title shot. And I was like, Bobby, you answered an open challenge yeah, last one. week for the title you didn't let the and ref you ring the bell didn't let the ref do the match you just beat up seth rollins and then like some they go like well that's a really stupid thing to say that makes no sense they're trying to retcon this and then seth goes bobby you are the one who cost yourself that match and i'm like no that's the story is yeah. that bobby's an idiot yeah and i don't I don't quite get why they did this. Mm. Um, I should say at this juncture, I, I I really enjoyed this week's show. I had a really good time with it. The first hour or so was a mess. And it led to Mustafa Ali coming out, and he came out with a referee because he wants a match with Bobby. The ref was like, no, don't. Yeah, don't. You're no, so don't. You're rubbish. Don't Stop have a it. match with him. He'll, he'll beat you up a lot. Yeah. And... Bobby did just that. Bobby threw him out of the ring and was like, and as I was saying, Seth. <laughs> yeah, he literally did. And then Ali jumps him again. And then Bobby says, like, I don't know if you're, you've got guts or you're just stupid. But mm. it led to a match of Bobby Lashley versus Mustafa Ali. And Bobby murderized him. Yeah. And squashed this boy like a pancake. Um, and it's made me a bit confused. So... I get what they were going for here because this is they're, they're trying to do like the the Brian Danielson the Rey Mysterio underdog thing, yeah. you know, like the the little the little engine that never gives up. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like even in this, the hurt lock was applied, and Mustafa Ali did not tap out. It would the match ended via referee stoppage. Mm. Ali didn't quit. He never said give yeah. up. The he referee, the yeah. referee called for the end of the match, and he got his little brief, uh, brief flurry of offense in. But this was all bubbled all the time. And I mean, like that spear was yeah tasty. And the idea they're going for here is that Ali never gives up. He's yeah. got that pit bull attitude, and like you know, he's got hold of a chew toy and he won't let go, and he's just he's going to keep on going on. And that's all well and good, but it only works if the crowd believe it. This is the thing. And I think the problem is when you compare it to Rey Mysterio or you compare it to uh, Daniel Bryan, they had really solid runs before they became the underdog in the world title picture. Yeah. And I say world title because, as we have been told a myriad times, the US title is now the big dog. It is the big one because there is, a, you know... The, the world title and the tag titles are both, for good reason, elsewhere. Yep. Wrapped up. Um, so now the US title is being built as this big, big, big thing. Um, but if we are to believe that the, world, the US title is the big title, why is this plucky underdog going for the big one when he hasn't really established a run yet, with the exception of you know, retribution or, you know, other, other appearances. Cruiserweight championship. Yeah. I mean, there was that, but he was, it was Ali's injury that caused Kofi mania and things like that. Yes. So yeah. Never always has been sort of like stifled or, or cut off just at the, at the right point. 
Oh, the wrong point. That one. Um, so it's hard to really buy into him, especially because he's being repackaged. Now, don't get me wrong. Ali's look, I love. I love this sort of boxer energy. The 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 uh, talent in the ring on parallel. I think he's got buckets of charisma. I think he's got loads of potential. I just think that booking him like this and having him be this plucky underdog where the big boys play is stunting any potential growth he has. Yeah, the, for me, it's that the crowd aren't buying it. They are not picking up. But they're what not being du- presented anything to buy. That's true. Like they're not picking up what WWE are putting yeah. down. But what WWE is putting down isn't very good. And I don't do, think it's doing him any favors. And what I found to be very interesting with Ali is there were when he asked for his release, mm. there was a swell of support for Ali, you know, free Ali and all yep. this sort of stuff. People want to see him go. And there were a, a bunch of other people who didn't, you know. WWE diehard fans who didn't like to see this guy say that the creative sucks and wants to leave. So mm. they were like, well, Ali sucks anyway. Yeah. So we don't want to see him here. He should just go and they should just release him. And I don't want to see him wrestle because he might go to AEW and I don't want him to succeed. There. Yeah. But now that Ali's not succeeding here, it's like given them amplification to mm. be like, see, I told you he was always cack mm. and I told you he sucks. And it's interesting because I was just like, you know, I keep my eye on the live chat. And the comments that have jumped out to me are the ones that are just like, well, he's boring. Mm. He's bland. Like someone said he's bland. Yeah. Someone said like he's a comedy jobber and it's fun to watch him get pulverized. I think they are booking him in that way. I don't think he is that. I don't. Th- I think he's no. far more talented than that. I would love to see there to be like a cruiserweight title or a secondary title back in the picture where he can sort of go and, and earn this plucky underdog for the big, par- the big prize mm. status. But... Right now, he is being presented as a jobber where it is fun to watch him get thrown around. Yeah, it's, it's, I, it's not working. This is something that needs a tweak. Yeah. This needs some serious rethinking. Minor. It is not Put him working. in a different division. Like, you know, it's that stuff. I, honestly, I think you can keep him in this division because yeah. I, I think you can keep him going for that US title. You just need to find something that can connect to the crowd because mm. we are on like week four or five of them trying to push Ali. Yeah. And it every week it just dies a death and mm. it's it's not working. Uh, the OC get interviewed by Kathy Kelly in her first appearance of the night. Wearing white as a sign. Um, and AJ challenged Balor to a one-on-one match at Survivor Series. And I'm like, there's four of you. And there's four of them. And it's Survivor Series. <laughs> a night when traditionally there are four on four. Four on four matches. Sometimes there are five on five matches, but there are also Four, four on four, four matches. Traditionally, it always was four on four. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, and and, and we and we've spent weeks waiting building for you to find building, a four. Yes, building to the re-illusion. Yeah. And then it's like, I'll have a one-on-one match with you, Finn <laughs> Balor. And I'm like, what? Why? Why are we doing a what at Survivor Series? This was the first moment where I was like, huh. Well, I guess there'll be a a, a three-on-three match then. <laughs> <laughs> at that point I was like oh Mia Yim's in war games isn't she ah see I didn't even go there I was like Mia Yim and Rhea Ripley are going to be in war games and that's the one thing I said last week that feels like a real like step backward for, for this story well let's get there because I don't I don't know about that well I but... I, I, I do but we, we yes we will get to that so yeah AJ challenges Balasol one on one match at Survivor Series can't wait to see it which is being officially soundtracked by generals gathered in their masses just like witches at black masses it's like Ozzy's in the room with me I should I do Sharon song? <laughs> Ozzy 
I stop singing. We've got a raw review. I got a pretty bad impression of Sharon Osbourne. I'm very sorry about that. Love this song. Yeah, it's very. It's a great theme. Great, great theme. I think they're doing a brilliant job with the build of War Games as a show. Like all the hype packages. We'll get onto a hype package in a little bit for the match. But I'm really into the whole aesthetic. Let me just quickly drop my hot take that will get me some heat online. Oh, you love those. It's a great song made only better by Faith No More, who did a much better cover of it. Couldn't possibly comment. I literally couldn't I possibly comment. Far superior to the original. Um, speaking of the OC, Mia Yim took on Tamina. And there is nobody, Luke, meaner than Tamina. Yeah. Well, she lost here, and the crowd were very quiet. Oh, it for was this one. Bowling shoe. <laughs> it was. It, it was not a pleasant match. And it was when Damage Control were walking, uh, watching backstage, and I was like, oh yeah, no, they're definitely going to be in War Games, aren't well, they? What was really frustrating was because this is we. This is our first... Okay, right, Mia Yim has had a great run. If you are a, a, a concentrating, you know, passionate wrestling fan, you know, Mia Yim has had good quality matches in NXT, a lot to show off, great run and impact recently... But on the main roster, if you're a casual fan, this is your very first introduction to Mia Yim. Sure was. And we are being told this person is the solution to Rhea Ripley. And Rhea, one of the most over people in the show. So this was the this was the moment. And they gave her Tamina. And Tamina looked rusty. But hey, Mia, Mia Yim won. At the very least. At the very least, she won. But it wasn't convinced. It was a sloppy match. Oh, and this crowd were as dead as a doornail. Dead as a doornail. For, until Rhea Ripley got in the ring. Yep. And then they started going, Rhea, Rhea, Over. Rhea. And I was like, oh, no, yeah. no, this is not going to work. Yeah. And then she left and they booed. So yeah. that at least got them yeah. something. I think it was, I think, I would, to be clear, I think it was more to do with Tamina than Mia. I think yeah. Mia, I, I'm, I'm high on Mia. I can't wait to see her have the opportunity. It's just this was a... This was a bad choice. We'll quickly skip her segment because Mia Yim then walks backstage uh, and finds damage control. Bailey wants her to join her group. And she was like, do you know what? I've got no beef with Alexa or Asuka or Bianca Belair. So. Which I liked that. I like that. I, that's a little bit of logic. Being like, thanks very much for the invite. Uh, this, ain't my, this ain't my problem. The segment before that was um, Matt Riddle walking backstage with the bongos. I would like to personally apologize to Triple H because I think I must have done something to upset him because we had a segment here with Matt Riddle and the Bongos where he dragged in my darling Kathy Kelly and my best boy Chad Gable. Why were they both being sullied with the Bongos? Yeah, it's like, man, without Randy Orton around, Matt Riddle has fallen off this card. Burn those Bongos oh, in a fire. It was a funny joke once. If that. <laughs> If that. I still hold on. It was a funny joke once. You are wrong. It was not funny. But it was weeks ago. Yeah. And we keep getting told. It was his US title shot. We keep getting told Elias and Matt Riddle are a tag team. And I was like, I don't think I've seen them in a segment together. Maybe Mm. like once or twice. Mm. Like that first segment with the bongos. And that's really about it. Mm. They don't feel like a tag team. Mm. And I thought we were going to get a tag team match here. You know when someone's like, "Oh, this is I'm I'm this person's best friend," and the other person is like, "I mean, we've met like twice." That's what this is. Except Elias isn't there to tell Matt Riddle that they're not a tag team. Yeah, but it's, it's not like it's not like head cheese. It, it's not no, but also like it's it's like they're trying to redo the Randy Orton storyline. Yeah. But Elias is no Randy Orton, and, and he's, he's not there. And he's not there. It's 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 dreadfully bad, and it led to Matt Riddle versus Chad Gable. Um, which was a 
banger. Very, very good. Although here are my here are my two quibbles I have with it, Please. though. And here is why I would say it is not a banger. Mm -hmm. Because these two are having a wrestling match that the commentary team were not on the same page with. Oh. Because of the way the production works. Yeah. So, case number one. Chad Gable does a fabulous dragon screw out the corner. Yeah, lovely. And Matt Riddle sells the knee. Yeah. And Corey Graves is like, that is a match. That's the match ended right there. There's no way that Matt Riddle can get back up from this. And Matt Riddle immediately jumps up and starts kicking away. And Corey yeah. Graves is like, looks like it hasn't phased him. Yeah. So that's, they're not on the same page there. And then number two. Well, so when has a dragon screw ended a match? Well. Oh my God, that dropped toe hold. That's got to be it. But the second one, and I think this is slightly more egregious is Matt Riddle is up on the top rope. Yeah. He gets distracted by Otis. Chad Gable runs up the ropes and does a big top rope German suplex. Like mm. belly, you know, belly to back, overhead, German Release suplex. German suplex Release German suplex. And Corey Graves and Kevin Patrick freak the F out as if this is the match ender. And it was a, for a commercial break. Yeah. And when we come back from the commercial break, nothing has progressed in yeah. the match. Um, like that spot did nothing but signal an ad break. And that, for me, is such a frustrating way to structure a wrestling match. It's the... Uh, yes, I agree, I agree. I mean, there are... There are uh, when I, whenever I see someone do a, a sort of tope suicida or a, or a something, and they, they hit the post, it's like, oh, what's going to come next when Raw rolls, rolls on? Raw like, rolls it's, on. It's, you know, we, we know these things. That was a really weird moment. I will say, I think we've, I've given it time. I think the Kevin Patrick experiment is over. I don't think it worked. <laughs> I don't think he's very good at this job. I think he is a lovely guy. I oh, yeah, think, he's very nice. I think he has great chemistry with, with Corey in, in a separate way. But I just think as the voice of Raw, as someone who's going to tell these stories, he ain't no JR. He ain't no Michael Cole. He ain't no Mario Ranallo. It's not the one. Um, so, uh, yeah, I agree with you there. If you aren't really paying attention to what they're saying, and I have to confess, I have started to tune out because the Kevin Patrick case is not working. The match itself was tasty. It was Very a nice. really good match. And I wrote down that I would love to see an NXT takeover match between them because it's that kind of thing where you could put these two cold in the middle of a ring and give them 15 minutes and they would barnstorm their way to a, to a great match. And what could have made this match possibly better? Chad Gable. One. Oh, shush! Chad Gable got a win on TV. Thank you. I was, I was stunned. Yeah. Because they recapped that Otis beat Elias last mm. week. I was like, oh, cool. So Matt Riddle beats Chad Gable here because Chad because Chad Gable never wins, yeah. and then they'll do the tag match. Yeah. Uh, but no, Chad Gable pinned Matt Riddle. Yeah. Put his shoulders on the mat and pinned him. Sure. One, two, he, had, he had his feet on the ropes and o Otis was holding down those towel. feet. But Chad Gable won. Yeah, he won the match. He has not won a match on TV since July. And as, no. a, as a singles competitor, he has not won a singles match on TV since July. This and is I where the show started picking up for me. And I said in my editing review, Vince McMahon was in charge of the show yeah. then. Boris Johnson was our prime minister oh the last time that Chad Gable won a match oh on TV. <laughs> Christ. Well, yeah, you know, and that is, I was thrilled yeah. to see Chad Gable get a win on TV. Yeah. Yes. Yes, please. Let this be the, the first of many more because he's brilliant. Brillo pads. Corbin and JBL were playing poker with, what, what was this man? Um, what, what was saying, when was he from? <laughs> 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 
in this little flat cap and this like waistcoat jacket. And he says they're like, come on here, Bosh, we're gonna go play some games. <laughs> or he was about to be on his news corner being read all about it, extra, extra. He did look like now he the was, stacks uh, are falling. He did look like he was on his way to audition for Newsies. Yeah, he d- uh, yeah. Newsies is what I read my yeah. nose. Like the cast of Newsies <laughs> yeah. are here. And, or or a little bit like he was sort of like, I'd love to hang out with the brawling brutes. Do you guys know them? <laughs> If I win this poker match, will you hook me up with the brawling brutes? Like, but the, yeah, yeah, yeah. When was he from? Is very, very, very good. And then Akira Sawa walks up. Oh, but and... no, but before then, sorry, you maybe go. it's not before then. Uh, we did have a lovely piece of your town sucks heat via the medium of whiskey, which I really enjoyed. Oh, really? Because the guy, the little waiter, comes in and says, "I've got some of the finest Kentucky bourbon for you." And JBL goes, "Like, are you joking?" <laughs> Get that swill out of here. And rather than him go, your sports team is bad. It was really fun little little dig at the, at that the whiskey. That is quite Kentucky. nice. It, it would have only been better if it was KFC. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> your KFC yeah. is your KFC has arrived. Um, also, uh, before uh, before Akira Tozawa shows up, um, an unfortunate thing had happened on the table. I don't know if anyone else spotted this, but like, it was all I could see for the remaining segments. Um, JBL was obviously smoking a cigar and some of the ash had gone on the table and then when someone's it looked a little bit like they've been doing lines of coke <laughs> i was like have we got backstage to see corbin and, and jbl taking part in imbibing some naughty sherbet i don't know what's happened well let me tell you about the attitude era this is how we got things done in the attitude era yum yum come get you some <laughs> that's how we got things done um anyway kira's hour walks in yeah and i was ready to be like oh no and in fairness, it's a joke you can co- you can see coming a mile off, mm-hmm. which was I've never played poker before, and JBL and Corbin are like, "Yuck, yuck, we're going to get some money here now," and they play him a poker. We cut away. Later on, cuts backstage, and Akira Sour has won all of the money. Yeah, and Baron Corbin and JBL are all disheveled. So cross. The ties unpulled down, yeah. and he's like, his hair's all messed up, and it leads to a match between them. And I actually thought that the payoff, particularly with JBL and Corbin selling it, was very, very funny. You see it coming a mile off, but sometimes those are the favourite jokes. You know, this is what we wanted to see. I really enjoyed this. And I thought it was it was fun and different and fresh. And I yeah. didn't actually need a match. And we'll get on to the match in a bit. But like I thought, um, I thought it was fun. I thought it was a silly fun. And I enjoyed it. So, up next was Ms. TV, The Apology. What um, is the first thing I've written down here? If you could. <laughs> the Ms. is just so good. Thank you. I was smiling the whole way through this segment. Here is what I will say, because I'm I'm not as high on this segment as you are. Yeah. And I will get on to my reasons for oh, that. I, I, I've tempered my feelings about <sighs> the segment. But when he walks out wearing his lovely cardigan. That, the cardigan was so nice. It was such a good touch. I was I was like, ah, oh, I'm smiling from ear to ear. Can't wait for what we got. It is the second time in uh, the Mrs. WWE career that he has worn a cardigan on TV mm. and I've then gone online to try and find a cardigan that looks the same. I actually used to wear a cardigan very similar. Because he, there was a, it was a few years, like 2015 or so, mm. he had this cardigan that had a hood and it was really long. And I have the I've, same. I've, I've, I've now got to, I went on Twitter and I said, can anyone help me? Because I don't know where to look. Can anyone help me find a cardigan that's like this? Not joking, 2015 Miz is very much my style. Like that is entirely my energy, yeah. And he came out in this cardigan and yeah. I'm wearing a flannel shirt You're today. a dad now. Well, I, I love cardigans. You cardigans do. are my jam. Yeah. I adore wearing knitwear. Yeah. Um, I, I go mad for knit and I, I couldn't think of a word that rhymed with it apart from swear words. <laughs> 
<laughs> you love getting your nits out. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to knit all over it. <laughs> I'm I'm not in for no knit November. I'm all, <laughs> if anything I'm all I'm all knit November. Stop. <laughs> I, I was a bit distracted. I, was, I I didn't listen to a lot of what Miz said because I was like cardigans. Cardigans lovely. Yeah. Cardigans delightful. And it made me sad that I'm not wearing a cardigan today because I, I I wore flannel instead mm. and I should have been wearing my cardigan although it is too hot in the studio to be wearing oh, a cardigan. Very warm in here. Um but, you know, like, so here's what the Miz said. Yes, I paid Dexter Loomis, which is what we've been saying now for three weeks. Yeah. So when people tell me the storyline's moving forward, no, it isn't. And then do you know what happened? Johnny Gargano came out and he said, why didn't you pay Dexter Loomis? And Miz said it's because I, I wanted empathy, which is what we established three weeks ago. And then do you know what Johnny Gargano said then? He said, you're going to have a match with Dexter Loomis, and it's in two weeks' time. And if Dexter wins, it, he gets his job, which was the f- Simulation last month! He said a naughty. He said a naughty. Oh my god, this story just never ends! It just keeps going and going. It's like a Jurassic body of bullshit. And I'm so sick of it. She said a second naughty. And it's like, and then to make matters worse, it's in two weeks' time. And I was like, can't just end this story. It's been 14 weeks. The storyline's been going on for 14 weeks. It'll be 16 weeks by the time the match happens. Liz Truss was Prime Minister when this storyline started. The Queen was alive when this storyline started. She might not have actually been, she might have been dead, but. She might have missed the whole thing. My God. (laughs) Oh, Oh, dear. (laughs) So sick of this. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, I did write down never have sweeter words been spoken than this will all come to an end in two weeks. (laughs) And I was like, thank you. But it won't, though, will it? It might. No, it won't. They'll they'll, they'll do a spot in the rumble. There'll be a rumble thing now. There will be a spot in the Rumble. Absolutely. This will be a WrestleMania match. Oh, and it will just keep going and not moving forward. Yeah. And oh, Look, I, I love I, Mrs. Cardigan. I loved when he said I was depressed in my hotel room. I loved all of that stuff. But yeah. But you know what? Gracious. Here is my big, po- here is a big positive I will say on this segment. Go on. The Miz was the best thing in this segment, Thank and you. not just for his cardigan. Yeah. Because you know what the Miz is good at? Everything. He's getting the crowd to chant things. Yeah. He, he really is, is brilliant yeah. at that. He'd be like, because you know what? People might say this to me. And the crowd will then chant that at him. And he'll be like, oh, you crowd, you did that. And then later on, when Johnny Wrestling came out, came out to no reaction, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thankfully, The Miz was there to be like, you want to have here people chanting Johnny Wrestling at you. And what did the crowd do? Like they little lap Johnny dogs Wrestling. they are, they chanted Johnny Wrestling. I was like, thankfully, The Miz is here and why to is at that, least Luke? get some crowd reaction here. Because to quote Dan Layton, he's written here that the Miz is just so, and so is underlined. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. so good. So good. Thank you. Also, just written down Mister TV. That's <laughs> just my scroll. How dare you? <laughs> Optimus Prime. Let it play out. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm begging you to stop, Comment. and I'm the Miz's biggest fan. <laughs> that's, that's comment of the day right there. That's really made me laugh. Uh, earlier in the day, Kathy Kelly was uh, interviewing Shelton Benjamin. Three Kathy Kellys. Oh, and it's not even our last one. I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> but at the time, I wrote triple Kathy and underlined it three times. I was so excited. Yeah, no knit November's not going well for you. <laughs> <laughs> and Dominic Mysterio walks up. 
Dom was fabulous in this segment. Oh, so good. Oh my God, Dom was so... Because here's what Dom did. He's that proper knob you know yeah. at school. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That proper absolute bellend that is like one of the... the like. He's not the king bully, yeah. but he's the king's bully little prick mate. But he thinks he's but good. But he thinks he's yeah. like king. He thinks he's on the same level as the other, yeah. big, the, the bigger bully. So he gets up in Shelton Benjamin's face. Shelton Benjamin turns around and Damien Priest sort of like steps between them. And Dominic gets behind Damien Priest yeah. and is proper over his he shoulder starts, going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know who Dominic is? Dominic is the kind of person who calls everybody geeks, but can't <laughs> see that he himself is king geek. Oh, and it was so and just repeating everything that Damien Priest yeah, said. It's like, yeah, we'll have a it. match tonight. Loved it. And then, oh. yeah, then Sheltie B with his lovely, yeah, I'll take your challenge. And it's like, uh, uh, he had that full of, like, sources oh, for oh, oh. <laughs> And then let's... Like, this is the, I, think, I think minor tweaks. Like, all you had to do, it's not rocket science, you just have to accept that Dominic's a bit of a prick. So that's all, that's the way we see it. So let him lean in. And he's yeah. doing a really good job with it. Love it so much. Yeah. Uh, and then Dominic Mysterio had a match with Shelton Benjamin. There was lots of interference and distraction from Judgment there Day. Was. Don won with a frog splash. And uh, it's really nice to see Shelton get his flowers. Yeah. You know. Nice to see Shelton have another match. Yeah. Uh, we've got the Kathy Kelly Austin Theory interview that we talked about earlier. Four times. Four times, Kathy Kelly. Yeah. Thank you. And there's still more to come oh. uh, for Dan Layton. And we then got this promo for War Games. I meant to load this image in to the ah. back end. Um, because they showed the rules on screen. Oh, yes. Now, war games is not a tricky concept. No, two. There's two cages. Yeah, and you two rings, one big. Two cage. rings, one big cage. Sorry, there's two rings, one big cage, and then people enter into the cage. When all ten men are in the ring, yeah. or ten women are in the ring, the match beyond begins, and then it's pinfall. Well, it's supposed to be, you know, one of them submits. But in the WWE landscape, it's pinfall or submission. Yeah. WWE, because it's the first time it's been on the main roster, yes. I've got to explain this to an audience. Yeah. And there's like, there's five bullet points here and they've just made it sound, here's what they've written. Two teams will be contained in separate cages with one member of each team starting the match. That is a very wordy way to yeah. say people enter an individual. Yeah. After five minutes, a member from the advantage team will be released to enter the match. What's the advantage team? Well, that, the team that has the advantage. So the usually the baddies. Okay. So rather than just saying that they enter in separately, yeah. one team at a time. And then they say, after a three-minute period, alternating members from each team will enter the match until all competitors are inside the cage. The problem there is they have not mentioned at the start that there is a cage around the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the only time they've mentioned cage is in the first point where they said the teams are inside cages. cages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they haven't made it clear that that is a separate cage. Yeah. Then they say, once all competitors have entered, War Games officially begins. The only way to win the match is by pinfall or submission. I was like, why have you made War Games sound more like harder than it needs to? Well, what was interesting is that I, I didn't really pay attention to that because I was like, oh, I know this stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll just go and get a cup of tea. <laughs> yeah. So like, I um, I actually thought that the, the promo was really cool. Like The promo the, the was package. great. And what was really interesting was it, it made me uh, think about uh, the fact that, you know, we've got all these stories that Hell in a Cell as a pay-per-view concept is done. Um, and I'm like, okay, so we've got this... And we had the Fight Pit promo. Remember the Fight Pit promo, yep. which was also really delicious? It's almost like, like Triple H is aware that Hell in a Cell and the power of something like Hell in a Cell has been completely diminished. So he's creating his own alternative versions and giving them that same level of hype where we we as fans believe this is a big deal. And I think it's really it's really good. I'm I'm so excited for War Games. I think I think it's great. Um, looking at those rules, yeah, that's mad. I, I wonder if we could have done that in the in the package and be like, here's or, or next week. 
here's a package to explain how the match goes down. It's it's a very TNA thing of, mm. it's really quite simple. The problem, and I did read this, I don't know whether or not you read it too. The problem I think is, um, because obviously all of the War Games matches have taken place on NXT, and a lot of the people in those matches are now the exclusive property of Tony Khan um, on AEW, you'd be highlighting a lot of AEW wrestlers in, in your Oh, packages. yeah. It's when they said, like, uh, Brian Alvarez uh, reported that there's going to be loads of crazy spots yeah. at Wargames. Like, every both matches... So spectacular, guys. Yeah, both matches are going to have, like, wildness mm. planned in them. Because they have to, because they've got to create a new video package for next year that yeah. isn't just NXT footage, because they don't want to have... Look how big Adam Cole can jump. <laughs> well, and also, but NXT's in smaller buildings yeah. and stuff, and they want to have it the big, grand, main roster yeah. look. And you can't do that when you're just showing NXT footage. Mm. So there's going to be a lot of madness uh, at War Games this year. Speaking I'm excited of, for it. Speaking of which, EO Sky took on Dana Brooke. Yeah. Now, Corey Graves had a line on commentary here. Yeah. Where he said, no one has ever disrespected Dana Brooke. Except for you last week, my chum. I've written a pie here. Well, apart from you, my Corey chum. Graves. Uh, yeah. And EO Sky won. There's um, nothing to this match. This is where I wrote Kevin Patrick was, was sort of done. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I like Dana's little promo. Like I, I I I I'm I'm always willing to give people a shot, especially the women, and I think Dana, you know, there's potential. Uh, that was about the most I can say. Yeah, and yeah. then Mia Yim comes out uh, and said that uh, she has picked a side, so she is going to become one of the and friends as Bianca Belair's music hits, and she's joined them for the War Games. And I'm like, ah, it's a shame you've literally just like debuted with the OC. Yeah, it'd be really cool for you to have had a match with the OC as opposed to already just relegating yourself to being an and friend. I guess because because there's no uh, man on woman wrestling uh, I guess they don't really the, the, the idea once, you've eliminated, not... once you've eliminated one of them then how do you eliminate the other yeah, person? Yeah and that said they have been sort of undoing that with, with Rhea Rhea being, Ripley's you know, been doing it yeah and there's no, I, I, there was always something weird in the attitude era of watching people punch and kick China but we have moved, really kind of moved away from punch kick wrestling. But I, I agree but like with Rhea Ripley, like you could have done some really good stuff with her and Gallows. Yeah, because Gallows' whole deal is like I'm so good with with, with women. women. Yeah, yeah, true. And doing stuff with her, with him and Rhea Ripley in a match, I think it would have been a hell of a lot of fun. And you could yeah. have worked it so you're still within the Mattel rules yeah. of not punching women and things like that. Yeah. But um, I think it's a real shame that Mia Yim is just there. And then just kind of skip forward a couple of seconds. Oh, I was going to say because I wrote down at this point, and I'm going to blame it on the time. Which at the, at the time this was happening, it was about sort of half two in the morning, and I was a bit, you know, maybe delirious. I don't know. I was still confused. <laughs> I was still like, I like the internal logic of me joining the good team because the, the bad team of, I wonder what's going to happen now with Judgment Day and, yeah. and Rhea Ripley. <laughs> I, I still didn't get it. <laughs> I was like, well, I'll tell you what happens. Damage controller backstage and Rhea Ripley walks in and says, I'll be on your team. Yeah. And Bailey goes, cool. Yeah. And that was it. The most unceremonious way for Rhea Ripley to join war games yeah. was to walk up to Bailey and be like, yeah, fine, I'll do it. Yeah. And and I I look I'm excited for the match and I didn't really mind this I actually liked again I liked the logic of I want a, I want a bit of Mia so I'm going to join because damage control aren't going to get people to join their team because there is no one who meets their criteria really and and people are starting to see who they are so logically why would anyone want to hang out with and Nikki Cross is just a bit crazy Rhea being like I want some of Mia I'm in it's kind of that kind of works for me and, and it does you, leave one spot do, open you can do that yeah in a really good angle yeah not. Rhea Ripley just walking up to them in a corridor yeah. and said, Good day, mate. It's me. <laughs> Never again. I beg you. 
But I, this, I, don't know, I know what you mean. I've got the extended version of the bluey uh, and like opening theme. Oh yeah, the kid likes it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the kid, uh, the kid likes it, and and I like it as well. So there it is. It's a Thank banging you. tune. There you go, mom. And and like so they you know they they sing like the thing, and then they basically hi- isolate all of the instruments. Yeah. and bluey, and they all just shout what uh, instruments are coming in. So they'll go like guitar, and then the guitar will play the theme tune. My favorite one is when they go violins. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> at random points I will just shout to my wife violins <laughs> just out of nowhere just out of nowhere walking Good. around the house it just crops into my head violins so Rhea Ripley came in and she said violins Thank I'll you. be on your turn <laughs> um, um, so no yeah. I mean this worked for me and, uh, and yeah. also like because uh, because really I then did see a lot of people tweeting like um, Bobo the Fool sat in the corner because they were convincing themselves that Sasha and Naomi were going to be on the team. Yeah. Um, this is what I mean when we do fantasy book ourselves stuff. Like, you know, we oh, can yeah. always set ourselves up for a fall. I'm not entirely convinced that we aren't going to see Sasha on the good team. Well, they, for me, they kind of signal, they've got, they've got three options. Mm. Uh, actually, four options. Because okay. we've had a few, you know, we just had someone say that they think it could be Becky Lynch. Becky, yeah, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Sasha is another one. Yep. They had set up Candice LeRae yep. because Damage Control took out Candice mm-hmm. LeRae and we have not seen her since. Yep. And that was a long old time ago. Yep. Talk about another return that has not really landed. Out. Yeah. But so like that set up Candice LeRae to be part of the t- of Team Good Guy. Mm-hmm. But then after Rhea Ripley said that she will be on Damage Control's team, they showed a video recap of her taking out Beth Phoenix Damn. at Extreme Rules. They did show that. And I was like, that's a weird thing to show and remind us, unless Beth Phoenix is the fifth member mm. of the And Friends. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. And I hadn't either until they showed the video recap. And I was like, it's a weird thing to show us like a month later, but mm. unless. Because uh, ultimately, uh, we saw it within the show. Rhea is the draw. Let's not put any bones about it. In your women's division, Rhea Ripley is your draw. Yeah. So if you're going to build the, the sort of show around her, I guess, in a weird way, like not necessarily build a show around her, but like strike while the iron is hot, make her the focal point. Yeah, it does make sense that you would have a, a sort of Beth Phoenix. And, and, and really, Sasha being involved in this would be to bring Sasha back, have that big sort of Kevin Owens splash, um, the return splash, I mean, and then have her go off with Bailey. Because the, the narrative logic is this is a person that knows you very well return go that's far more entertaining to me i think sasha could be used better elsewhere yeah no i agree and we've already established you know from last week's episode that we're probably going to get Rhea and mm. uh bianca belair as like our next big title program mm-hmm. you know probably we'll start something that at the towards the rumble so Rhea being in war games makes sense from that aspect yeah. of it however i think if it is beth phoenix then it's then Beth and Rhea, which just really undermines Mia Yim it does. even more as being the re-illusion. Yeah, it does. Which is, I mean, it, it's interesting. It's interesting. It's interesting. I don't know. Um, you just sold me and then unsold me on it. Um, Complicated. That was when we got um, Baron Corbin and Kira Tazawa, the, the yeah. payoff to their um, their comedy segment backstage, and it led to a match. match. You got ice cream during this match. Yeah, I was a bit bored by it, so I went and got ice cream. I quite enjoyed this goodness me how the tables have turned i've actually only got one massive complaint about this okay i wish jbl was on commentary for yeah, it agreed because the story of this match was baron corbin and jbl have not had a good night with akira Tozawa because mm-hmm. akira Tozawa stole all not stole of them he won all won, of their yeah, money during their poker game so baron corbin's coming here thinking he's just going to walk all over akira Tozawa, and akira Tozawa is on offense for 98 percent of the match mm-hmm. and 
Corey Graves is freaking out on commentary yeah. because like, oh my God, Akira Tozawa is going to beat Baron Corbin. This, mm. this can't be happening. It would have been so much more effective if it was JBL because mm. JBL was doing a great job at ringside of freaking out. But JBL on commentary with the headset standing up every time Akira Tozawa gets a near yeah. volume would have been so entertaining. Yeah. I, and, yeah, I agree, I agree. I see that. Yeah. And in the end, end of days and, and Baron Corbin wins. I actually enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed this more than all of the other Baron Corbin matches we've had thus far. It was, I mean, it was just, it was fun, don't get me wrong. I, I think I, what I wrote down is I was enjoying the show so much that I didn't mind how uninterested in this match I was. I, I thought this segment would have been fine just backstage. That said, good opportunity for Akira Tozawa to be out of the 24-7 division for a change. Um, so, you know. And he did put up an interesting tweet. Who could, Tozawa? Tozawa, indeed. Really? It was a photo of his, like, his gi, and yeah. basically his, his uh, wrestling outfit, and it just said, thank you. Oh. Oh, yeah. Very cryptic. Interesting. It's felt, you know, it's it's either he's taking a step away yeah. from the ring or he's just getting rid of that, the Vince McMahon yeah. gimmick that he had. And we're going to get proper... He's, he's Akira- Marie Condoing that. Thank you for your service. And nice we're going to get proper Akira Zazawa back. Interesting. So who knows? Hmm. Uh, we've already talked about the main event. So the last thing we get to talk about is this very odd segment. But before we begin, if I may. Please do. I know it's still technically November, but we are amping up to the festive season. Sure are. Five <laughs> coffee Kellys. I had a uh, the vegan uh, the the Greg's vegan festive bake the other day. It's fine, isn't it? Oh, I thought it was delightful. Oh, did you? I loved it. Oh, last year's was not good. Oh, this year's. There we go. Muy bueno. We go. It is excellent. Yeah. Delightful. I'm, I, and actually, I had another one yesterday. Well, <laughs> perhaps I shall pick one up on the way home. <laughs> But so, so here's what happened in the segment. I'm just going to recap what yeah, happened in this do. segment. Kathy Kelly is with Bianca Belair and friends. And she's beautiful. Sorry, that wasn't in your notes. Yeah. yeah. And and they're sort of like stood on, you know, there's two of them and there's two of them. And yeah. Kathy Kelly's in the middle. Yeah. And they set up that next week it's going to be a member of Team Belair versus a member of Team Bailey. And the winner of that match will get the advantage going into war games. Yeah. Standard stuff. Oh, that's the advantage. And they're like, cool. Yeah, we're going to win because that's what we do. It doesn't matter which one of us it is. Mm -hmm. It probably should be me, though, because I'm actually the the only one who matters. I'm the good one of this team. It's probably not me or Yim, though, is it? (laughs) Um, And then... Because this is WWE and it's got bad staging, they walk off in separate directions yeah, yeah, yeah. because they're not friends and they walk off in separate they directions. Are friends. They're and friends. They're and friends. And then Alpha Academy yep. walk up and are just like, oh, shoosh. thank you. Shoosh. And then Seth Rollins walks up singing his entrance theme yeah. song, <laughs> but going, shoosh, shoosh. <laughs> and then it fades to. to Finn Balor being interviewed, yeah. and then he's been like, "I'm gonna go win the US title." I was like, "What is happening?" It was it was a fever dream of a segment, wasn't it? It was absolutely insane. It was like, "Oh man, the show is running 45 seconds short, yeah. so, and we can't just add that onto the wrestling." Uh, Alpha Academy just walk up to Kathy Kelly and yeah. just say some stuff. It Seth, was, Seth, you go out there as well. It maybe it was just Triple H trying to get me on side this week by giving me one more Kathy Kelly, and it worked. It really did work. Bizarre, um, bizarre segment. It's, Staged so poorly, but yeah. it, it you know that was the last thing we could. We already discussed the main event, which was Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins. Overall, this was for me was like a, a very very fine show. It I was a really p- enjoyed it. Perfect midpoint of a pay per view build. Mm. Uh, it furthers some storylines, apart from Loomis and Miz, obviously, because that storyline <laughs> yeah. hasn't moved forward in, in a month. You can't further a, a storyline that's going on ad infinitum. It's no. going on forever, so it never furthers, it never stops. Yeah. Um, it's and building to a climax. It is building to more. It is a snake eating its own tail. Yes, very that. And it is um, 
but apart from that, you know, I, th I thought it was it was okay. And then all the Austin Theory stuff yeah. like, that came right at the end of the show. Yeah. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. And it really did like at the end of it, I was like, oh, that was awesome. I'm really looking forward to seeing next week. And I like you. I'm really stoked for War Games. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to Survivor series. I thought for me it was a four-star show. I really, really enjoyed myself. I think I think um when it's it's we I spoke about this before we came in the studio, but like rating a show like this is kind of a weird one because it's it's you can't rate it on the same level as you can rate a pay-per-view because the content is just different. For me, what is Raw supposed to do? It's supposed to further storylines, it's supposed to get me excited for rivalries, it's supposed to make me intrigued by characters, and I think it it did these. It fired on all cylinders. Uh, the first hour was just a bit wonky. And I think that when some of the in-ring competition especially was really exciting, really, really fun to watch. So yeah, I was really impressed. I had a great time. And I am, and it's, it's what, a week on Saturday? So week Saturday. Well, we got one more go-home show and then it's a very serious time. I've got to be honest with you as well. So Tempest and I recorded our uh, predictions for Full Gear because mm. it's Full Gear this weekend. Yes, um, that'll be live tomorrow on the Rustle Podcast channel um, and obviously in the, in the podcast feed. And... I think I'm more excited for Survivor Series than I am Full Gear. And that's mm. nothing against Full Gear, because Full Gear's got a great card. It's kind of it's got stacked, some yeah. really, really good stuff on it. Mm. I'm just really stoked for, for Survivor Series. It's, it, look, this is the thing. I mean, this is why both of these these uh, companies, it's thrilling that both of them exist. Like, it's I, I hate the war, the idea of AEW versus WWE. They cater sort of a little bit to different things. Mm. I'm going to be so sports entertained by this show. That's the feeling I've got at the end of this episode of Raw. Like, I'm so, like... I'm really vibing with what they're trying to sell me now, which is so nice to feel in such like stark contrast to last week when I was quite cross. <laughs> like I was not happy. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm really, I'm really keen. I'm really looking forward to to what they're going to have to show. I think a, a singles match between AJ Styles and Finn Balor. Sign me up. Two War Games matches, one of which featuring the hottest storyline. Sign me up. You know, I'm I'm in. Should we, have a, should we do a poll? Please. Modmother, if you can hear me, can we have a poll to say which one are you more which pay per view are you more excited for? Survivor series or full gear? I'd be curious to know. Um, thank you uh, so much for watching and we're going to give a special thanks now to some of our Patreon pledge hammers over at patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk who have backed us at the $25 and above level but if you back us over on Patreon you get a whole host of goodies not only are you getting early access to the Monday Night War series that Pete and I are doing on Parts for Known as well as a booking podcast that comes out with every episode um, we release new episodes of backstage uh, stuff every single Wednesday it's Wednesday you know what that means uh, we already released our mailbag for the month Rest up behind the scenes, which is me, Ollie, uh, Pete, and Tempest talking extensively about survival series mm -hmm. and all the backstage shenanigans that happened with us recording survival series and yeah. how the day went down. And tomorrow it will be Wrestle Talk After Dark, which is Pete, Adam Blompier, Sullivan Bow Brown, and Terry Lamongi. <laughs> it's quite the lineup. <laughs> the spice. It is quite the spice. And I, I'm I make a brief cameo in there at one point um, just to survey the chaos well only because terry wouldn't let me have some of her cake <laughs> and do you know what i did the second she left the room i had some of it so i came into the into the studio to brag to her that i had some of her cake i terry scares me i probably wouldn't have. <laughs> i mean she was very mean to me yeah, about, about having some of, of the course cake. she was yeah and she called me a lot of names <laughs> all of them in french 
buried. <laughs> and I understood few of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the following week after that, so next week, it will be myself and Ollie Davis reviewing Survivor Series 2003, which I'm having a very, very fun time yeah. watching. Very silly program. Uh, but if you are one of our $25 and above pledge hammers on Patreon, you get your name read out on the WrestleTalk podcast like these fine people manipulating Manny Umaria. How do you like them apples? Marcel Jura. Marcus, he's got soul Campbell. <laughs> It's good, isn't it? That's, that that's an Andy Datsun joint. That's a good one. Have a glass of sherry, Martel J. Simmons. He's got two first names, Matt Howard. The real boss, Matt Robinson. Max, Kurt Wallander, Wallen. Michael Jensen Radio. Michael, Mark for Life Plowman. NJ Hornsberg. This is some kind of Patreon shout-out. Nate's drop surname. The Batsman Nathan Batty. That is your Hall of Fame class for uh, Tuesday, the 15th of November, 2022. Uh, so yeah, we've got some fabulous stuff coming up on the Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash talk. Go get yourselves involved. If you are one of our Patreon backers, why not tell these fine folk how good it is? Um, BM Whitehouse in the Ultra Chats here says, With Kevin Owens being out injured, should WWE uh, bring in Nick Aldis as the fifth man to keep the United the United Kingdom theme going? There's one big problem there with that BM Whitehouse. Seamus is not from the United Kingdom. Oh. Oh. Quite, quite, quite famously so. Quite naughty. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. The, the sort of British Isles hometown boys. But they, 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 they don't like that, though. No. They, they, they don't like that no. much. But uh, well, this is the, the, he got all the, the, the plaudits in Cardiff because none of them like us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did really like when they were uh, going, you know, flying, because it was Drew, obviously. Was yeah. like, United Kingdom's own Drew yeah. McIntyre. I was like, you can't do that with Seamus. No. But bless them, they were trying. It's like, Seamus. Very close to, to <laughs> Wales. Just, just, just to, you know, islands next door. He is, they are both from Europe. It's like but then again, so is Walter. It's, it's like celebrating a Canadian, like, and being like, oh, what, a, what an American. <laughs> the Commonwealth. Yeah, literally. It's like, come on. Uh, however. I do like the idea of Nick Aldis. I, and I have been looking at Nick Aldis, and I've just been like, goodness me, sign him up. Like, I, the, the, the look the, the the sort of the, again the drip but in a different way the swag the, I, he's got such he's got such a something about him an aura I, I a would, short run I would say this though I don't see the room for him no I agree this is why I'm thinking a short run like I, I, oh, I think okay, there's, yeah, there's yeah. something there's something um I, uh, when you watch the my GM mode and you see all the people you can sign for five weeks at a time I'm like gosh especially with the with the wrestling industry being so uh, in 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 a sort of kind of a boom period in terms of places to go. There's something to be said for yeah, I'll go work with WWE for five weeks. Short term contract. Yeah, yeah. to do a little do a little run, you know. I I and, and I'd love to see you come in as the NWA champion. I'm sorry, if you look at Nick Aldis, he doesn't need much build. He looks great. He looks awesome. Yeah, He's so great. so I'd buy him as a main event star. Come in and do it like Bobby Lashley, not Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar. Come in and do it, come in and do a, a segment for the next Saudi show or, or I don't know. Yeah. Short term contracts would be really interesting to me. And Triple H with his love of wrestling history would love to have a, the you know, the longest reigning yeah. NWA world's champion. Or you know, like the man who Yeah. I don't know if he is the longest reigning is Tempers may able to correct me on that and the comments certainly will do. But he you know, he is he made that belt Revitalize. something. You know, yeah. and Triple H's idol is Ric Flair. Yeah. And that is Ric Flair's belt. Yeah. So like 
Yeah, he would love someone like a Nick Aldis. And that doesn't mean he has to come in and be the champion, or, no. or even challenge for the championship, but coming in and having a statement. I mean, it was the, it, for me, it was the picture of him and Cody all in, where I was like, God, that looks what like a match. Event. What you know, a match it was! As I well. want to see something like that in WWE's umbrella. Why not? With, especially because we're looking at Triple H is opening things up to Japan, like Shinsuke, and they mentioned Shinsuke on SmackDown. They mentioned that Shinsuke's got that match on New Year's Day. I thought that was pretty big. Yeah. Mentioned in the Bullet Club at Crown Jewel, Triple H is more keen to open the doors. Let's see what happens. Hannah Allen says, "Howdy, lovelies." Well, Raw was a bit pants. I don't quite understand who the stories or humor is for, or inadvertently what they think about us fans. Anyway, main reason for chat is sending virtual hugs for anyone that needs one today. Aww. Lots of love. Jam that jam. Very nice. It's very nice. Uh, Chris here with a series of chats that says, uh, was it just me or does it feel like Alexa and the Braithing has been dropped? Not once oh, has there been the red lights behind Alexa and she's had a few steps behind her team. And it means nothing, but I admire the efforts to move her on from being a friend. I honestly did not even notice that she was there. Mm. I think that says a lot. What, in, the, in this segment? In this segment, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Agreed. I can't believe I'm saying this. This is Chris's comment. I can't believe I'm saying this about war games under Triple H where the Lex are in it, but I'm not looking forward to it. I feel like she's a part player with all the moments going to Rhea, Nikki, Bianca, and the fifth person of the face team. In fairness, Rhea and Bianca are way more over. Yeah, at and this point. you know, this is Alexa's here to make up the numbers in this, yeah. this one. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to point out how the mid-card this show has felt with very little star power on there. With the IC and US titles being the main TV championships, what do you think about bringing back the EU and hardcore championships? I the I last thing about... we, we just got rid of a belt. I don't think we yeah. should be adding more. Well, I mean, I did th I did write down when I was thinking about Ali, I was like, I would love to see something else for a motivation, something else for them to go for. But then the rest of the show was so entertaining that I, I actually stopped thinking that. You don't need belts mm. to have storylines. Yeah, I agreed. I, I think that's actually a booking crutch. That's yes. some, and I, I think it's AEW's problem they've got at the moment. It's just like, well, how do we do storylines without belts yeah. about them fighting for something? I mean, there's something in between uh, an extra sort of belt and the 26 championships that they fight for on Dynamite. Exactly, yeah. Um, I, I, I just don't think the belts is the answer. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and actually, very last one here from Chris that says, who do you think will replace Kevin Owens in War Games? And if not, who do you see stepping in as a spot as Theory uh, partly blames the bloodline? So not get some payback along with Seth. Um, I wouldn't put Theory in there. I wouldn't put Theory in there. If I was a betting man, I joked about this with Pete, but mm. I really don't think I'm going to be far off the money. Mad Cat Moss. He's just... A, a body that can just fill that role. Interesting. I, I, that would not do it, anything. It wouldn't. I would do nothing for me either. Mm. But it's just it's it's who they would pick. Mm. Certainly in events era. Ricochet, I think, would be a really fun replacement. Maybe one of the New Day, a Kofi. I'd a, love it to be a, a Kofi Woods. or a Woods. Yeah. Well, that's why I thought I I made my prediction it was going to be the brawling brutes with either Drew and Kevin or with New yeah. Day. And I thought New Day made perfect sense because yeah. they were doing all that stuff with the Usos. But Drew's your big main event guy, yeah. so I get that. I, yeah, so I don't know. Like, it's if it's one of the new day, I think that would be great. Yeah, uh, I think SmackDown is kind of lacking. In I agree. Other like I'm looking at stars that could, could go into that role because mm. um, it is like narratively speaking, without shoehorning someone in. Exactly, because it's the bloodline, uh, Walter, and then just a bunch of other guys. Yeah, like Ray. Yeah, I guess you could put Ray in there, but he's like he's, he's also injured. He's yeah. taking out the World Cup. Yeah. Um. Before we, I, 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 just, I don't want to spend too long on it, obviously because time-wise, but like, just want to say that um, New Day Usos match was unbelievable. Very good. I, I had a, I got quite emotional in the middle of it because I was just like, God, wrestling's great. Uh, German Chavez says, happy Monday, guys. Never thought I'd say this, but I'm the Pokemon nipple guy. <laughs> it's great to see it made the podcast highlights episode. Our trivia night went great. Thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Other than all the missed stuff. Have a good day, guys. Um, 
did I just pay another $5 because I forgot it was Tuesday and thought it was Monday because you're covering Raw? Yes. Was it worth it? Also, yes. Might as well ask a question. At this point, do either of you have predictions for Rumble winners for both? We actually have, I think we had this, we've had this a few times mm. and I've never really had much of an answer because I don't think you could really know I'm until there, you get yeah. towards like Rumble season. I think Cody feels yep. like an obvious pick. Yeah. If he makes it back in time. What I love though is that I think it's, no one wants a Rumble winner in November. No one wants to know yet. You know, I think, but I, however, I do like the fact that Triple H seems to be open as a creative head to booking on the fly and going with stuff. All these plans for KO that were pulled out of the way because of the way the Sami Zayn storyline was going on. So kind of see, let's see what happens. I don't think he's going to be, if, if someone's getting a really hot run in December, I think he'd be willing to pull the trigger. Uh, Roads Traveled has been a member for... 12 months. Uh, he said, more Chad Gable. He needs the big push instead of Ali. More Gable versus Riddle, Gargano, Ziggler. At a serious edge to his goofiness. Easy comparison to Kurt Angle. That part. Uh, Kevin, wasn't Miz injured when he was supposed to have his match against Loomis? That might be explained why the story is still going on. Hmm. Uh, also, every time Luke talks about UK's past prime ministers, reminds me of Dan and Sullivan. Can we have a go? Can on we have whole... a go? Let's have a go. That's basically how it's going down these days. Um... Anthony Botfield said, um, can someone explain Johnny Gargano? I never watched NXT, so all I have to go on is his main roster stuff, but he appears to be a slimy weasel. No one likes a grass. He made me feel for The Miz, and I hope that Miz beats up the little brats. He's not wrong. In He's that. not wrong. Not Honestly, wrong. That's, the way, that's the way Gargano's been presented. Gargano is dynamite. But that's not yeah. what we're being given. It, it's funny as well because the only thing I can say is like, oh man, he was like the, the best replacement they had for Sami Zayn in, in oh, NXT. Like yeah, as yeah. the ultimate underdog baby face, yeah. Sami Zayn. We then had that with Johnny Gargano. He was like the purest of pure baby faces. Mm. This is not this is not Johnny Wrestling. This it, it is so far removed from what Johnny mm. Wrestling should be. Yeah. It's it's a weird one. Also, I can say that I just recommend go and watch some of those NXT matches. Go and watch his series with uh, with Champa. Yeah. Oh my god, it was so good. Just go and watch the, it. What was it? His match with Andrade. Oh, the, the match uh, with Andrade is in exceptional, unbelievable. What an opener. Yeah. So so great. And lastly, from Charles, he said, "Here's another joke that I like that may not land." Okay. A woman gets on the bus with her baby. A passenger sees the baby and screams, "Dear God, that's the most ugly and hideous thing I've ever seen!" and runs off the bus. The mother weeping is consoled by the bus driver the driver tells the mother i'm sorry about that people are often cruel for no reason and that man was incredibly rude i for one think your dog is adorable <laughs> yeah that's fine that's at least more cohesive and cohesion than the other one you get it right yeah it's just i think it's very good <laughs> That's, that's, my, that's my review. <laughs> Ice f cold, Luke. <laughs> so that's my review of Charles Berg's joke. <laughs> Great.
Thank you to this episode's sponsor, Surfshark VPN. Click the link in the video description down below and use the promo code WTPODCAST to get yourself 83% off and three months extra for free. Thank you all so much for watching. Thank you for tuned in to the end of this show. We love you, Charles, so, so much. Please do press the subscribe button if you're new here and you've made it this far. Give us a little thumbs up. All of you, press the thumbs up before you leave this link. Uh, we will see you tomorrow for the AEW Full Gear Predictions. It's me versus Tempest for the Jam That Championship. I'm winning back my gold that I should have won at Clash of the Castle. Oh, you ruined it. That their plans changed. Yeah, yeah, the Austin Theories was the second worst cash-in I've ever seen this year. (laughs) Mine was great. I'll always have that however pop. (laughs) Thank you all so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Jam That Jam, everyone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.